On today's episode, I'll go over the Chicago Blackhawks' fifth consecutive loss as they fell 4-2 to the Vancouver Canucks, and I'll also talk about the positive update that we heard on Captain Jonathan Taves. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Today is Monday, March 27th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talking Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, if you're a first-time listener of the show, or even if you're a frequent listener, please make sure, if you haven't done so already, to go and show some support. Make sure to go and subscribe on YouTube. It's 100% for free and really does help me out tremendously. While you're there, go and smash that like button, comment down below, and turn on those push notifications so that you can get notified when the latest episode gets uploaded to YouTube. And for you audio folks, go and follow the podcast. 100% for free as well, wherever you may be getting your podcast. And you can also go and leave me a review on either Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And just as a little spoiler alert, you're going to have to do that anyway for the two free Blackhawks tickets that I'll be giving away later on in the season. So I'll be talking more about that after the first commercial break. Make sure to stick around for all that good stuff. And please make sure to go and show some support. I greatly appreciate it. All right, enough of that. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. To kick things off on the show here today, let's talk quickly about the fifth consecutive loss for the Chicago Blackhawks as they fell 4-2 to to the Vancouver Canucks at the United Center. Pride night at the United Center, by the way. And as expected, the Blackhawks did not wear the Pride jerseys during their pregame warmups. There also uh, wasn't any Pride tape being used, which I thought was a little bit odd, considering that's something that has been done in the past. So has been wearing the Pride jerseys. It's all uh, a little bit of uh, a load of hooey, I think, uh, how there's no common theme around the NHL right now. Every team's doing something different. Why can the San Jose Sharks and their Russian players and other teams wear these pride jerseys? It's all a nightmare, but uh, the biggest problem that I have with it, as I mentioned on the show that dropped, I believe, last Friday, uh, the Blackhawks still are, you know, their their brass, the, the leadership team has not answered the bell for any of these decisions. And once again, in this game yesterday, uh, Danny Wirtz, CEO of the Blackhawks, declined multiple interview requests. And obviously, the media has been wondering, you know, why the Blackhawks ultimately made this decision because, you know, it's a whole lot of hearsay. For all we know, maybe one of these Russian players, while it feels unlikely, there is still a chance that maybe one of them came to the Blackhawks and said, you know, they don't feel comfortable wearing this because of their family's sake at home or yada, yada, yada. But we we don't know because the Blackhawks front office hasn't said anything. And for Danny Wirtz to decline these uh, interviews and once again, just leave the media, the players and coach Luke Richardson out there to have to answer for all of this. It's completely unacceptable and pretty pathetic if I'm being honest. And 
uh, especially for this leadership team that's spoken about how they want to be transparent and open with the fan base about this entire process and everything that they do. While they've been anything but open and honest about this topic in particular, which has certainly been disappointing. And, you know, when they're the ones that reportedly made this decision, this wasn't something that even got to the Blackhawks players up top made the decision that they weren't going to be wearing these pride jerseys during pregame. So for them to have made that decision and not have to answer for it, I think it's a load of crap. I know that there hasn't necessarily been a media day for them to answer to this, right? Because the Blackhawks just finished up a road trip and then their first game back in Chicago was on the back end of a back-to-back. They didn't have a morning skate. Luke Richardson didn't talk to the media. So I get that, but uh, it still feels like a pretty lackluster response by the Blackhawks um, leadership group. And, you know, when this is an organization that's been under heavy scrutiny the past couple of years, um, it's frustrating when they don't um, meet the expectations and uh, fall short once again here. But anyways, getting into the game, um, <laughs> not the most exciting hockey that I've ever watched. Once again, it feels like that's been a common theme for the Blackhawks here in the past couple of weeks. But they did find a way to keep this one close once again. And funny enough, I actually tweeted this out during the game, but it felt like I had watched the same Blackhawks game like three or four times already in the past couple of weeks. The two other ones that come to mind immediately, uh, the game against Tampa Bay, the game, you know, the last game against the Minnesota Wild, because uh, it was one-to-one going into the third period. The Blackhawks did actually open the scoring in this game. Birthday boy Connor Murphy scored a shorthanded goal to put the Blackhawks ahead one to nothing uh, in a monster birthday performance, might I add, from Connor Murphy. Not only did he tie a new career high, uh, or I guess not a new career high, he tied a previous career high. Hopefully he'll set a new career high uh, with his sixth goal of the season, but he also added four shots on goal and four blocked shots. So really awesome to see Murphy get rewarded for, you know, all the sacrificing that he does defensively for this team gets rewarded with a birthday goal. Another solid, uh, solid performance out of number five on D uh, Vancouver would go on to tie the game. As I mentioned, one-to-one going into the third period, they tied it up with uh, 16 seconds left in the second period. Those final minute goals, backbreakers for the Blackhawks. And then in the third period, Elias Pettersson broke through for two goals in just over a minute. That put the Canucks ahead three to one. The Blackhawks offense right now is just so limited. That's really the problem with this team, right? They're fighting hard, and that's mainly why they're finding ways to stay in games. They're doing a good job defensively. That's also what's probably making these games so boring, right? Is that's the style that the Blackhawks have to play in order to keep the game close. They're just so limited with what they have uh, as a group right now on on offense and uh, in the forward lines. You know, they're, they're just not able to really create all that many high-scoring opportunities. So the, the opening goal for Murphy was all they generated until – the dwindling moments when they were down three to one. Lucas Reichel uh, actually got a piece of Seth Jones' shot from the point for his fifth goal of the season, third in the last six games for Lucas Reichel as well. But the Canucks would go on to add the empty netter. They win this game four to two. The Blackhawks have now dropped five consecutive games and have been outscored 22 to six in the process. Yikes, six goals in the last five games for the Hawks offense is not going to get it done. However, these five consecutive losses do have the Blackhawks sitting pretty in terms of the tankathon standings right now. So let's go ahead and talk about the updated look at the 
uh, where the Blackhawks are at in the standings, given their five-game losing streak and how things unfolded over the weekend. Uh, nine games left in the regular season, might I add, Blackhawks fans. We're really getting down to the nitty-gritty. Uh, the Blackhawks are still in third to last place, even though they've lost five games in a row. But that gap to uh, last has really started to shrink. They do still have 54 points now through 73 games. That gives them a points percentage of 370. The Blue Jackets, as I talked about on the show that came out yesterday, with two wins in their past three games, have moved into second to last place. They have 53 points through 72 games, one fewer point, and one less game played than the Blackhawks do. They have a points percentage of 368, so it's really close there. And then the San Jose Sharks have now jumped into last place after losing 17 of their last 19. Uh, they have also played 73 games and have 53 points, giving them a points percentage of 363. So, yeah, getting down to the nitty-gritty here late in the season, folks, this race uh, right now is as close as it's been in the last couple of months. Anaheim, by the way, is still in the mix, might I add. They have 56 points, two more than the Blackhawks do, in 73 games played, giving them a points percentage of .384. It's anyone's game right now in the Tankathon standings, and the Blackhawks certainly have helped their case with five consecutive losses. All right, there are my thoughts on the Blackhawks. 4-2 to loss to the Canucks last night. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into a couple of potential lineup tweaks that Coach Luke Richardson can make in these final nine games, as well as the latest updates that we have on Captain Jonathan Taves. But first, I need to talk to you all about Athletic Greens and their new AG1 product, which is an amazing product that I do seriously use every single morning because with just one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and more to help you start your day. And this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, and even your aging. And Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and is recommended by both health experts and professional athletes. Plus, it'll cost you less than $3 per day, which is such a cheap and easy way to invest in both your health and your body. And to make it easy for all you out there, Athletic Greens is going to give away five free travel packs, uh, sorry, a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, along with five free travel packs, even better with your first purchase. All you got to do is go and visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and to pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Real quick, before I move on and go and get into segment two, as I mentioned during the intro, I got to tell you all more about the two free Blackhawks tickets that I will be giving away. And for those of you that may not have heard, originally I was going to give this out for the game on Tuesday against the Dallas Stars. I didn't really think I had kind of a, a bonehead mistake on my move. I didn't think I had. I want to be able to give people time to make travel arrangements and properly be able to do everything in their power to be able to go to this game. And if I gave it away, you know, two days prior, I feel like that wouldn't be the proper amount of time. So I'm actually going to be giving away two tickets to the Blackhawks second to last home game on April 10th against the Minnesota wild. The drawing is going to come later next week. So you got a couple more days to enter and here's all you got to do. First, go and leave me a review on either Apple podcasts or on Spotify and make sure to drop the name of your YouTube channel in that review because 
That's how I'm going to be checking that you're subscribed to my YouTube channel. You're subscribed to Lockdown Blackhawks. That's the third thing you have to do in order to win these two free tickets. Leave me a review. Drop the name of your YouTube channel in there and be subscribed to Lockdown Blackhawks. You have a chance to win two free tickets to the Blackhawks Wild Game on April 10th. All right, segment two. Let's talk for a second here about a couple of possible lineup tweaks that I think coach Luke Richardson could make with the Blackhawks down to just nine games left in the season. Throat's getting a little dry. Apologies for the raspiness. It's just me talking here for 30 minutes. So sometimes the voice gets a little raspy, but um, yeah, let's talk about some potential lineup changes that I think the Blackhawks could go with over these last nine games. Uh, And first, let me just say, I realize that this team is, so restricted in the types of moves that they can make, not only after the trade deadline, right? They've traded away most of their good players, uh, but they're also dealing with a, a lot of injuries still. And Philip Kershev is the latest one out in the forward group. He's been spotted in a sling on Saturday in Minnesota. Not sure if he's going to return this season. And then just last night, Jared Tenorti exited in the second period. He did not return to the game. Apparently is dealing with a hip injury. Sounds like his season could be potentially over as well. So a couple more Blackhawks out of the lineup. And yes, I understand they're so limited, but the reason I wanted to bring this up in particular is because Lucas Reichel last night against Vancouver, in my opinion, had another amazing performance and was the best player on the ice for the Blackhawks by a large margin, right? He was buzzing all over the place. The speed was really evident. So was the aggression which is mm, what I've talked about recently that I love to see out of Lucas, not only shooting the puck more frequently, but trying to drive the puck to the net and take it there himself in order to, to, to make an offensive chance or to create chaos and score a pretty goal or generate a rebound, whatever it is, he's trying to be the aggressor and asserting himself when the puck is on his stick. And that's what I love to see. That's the development that uh, you want to see out of Lucas Reichel as the stints and he starts, the stints progress and he starts to rack up more and more NHL games, right? And <clears throat> the problem is he, he's not going to be able to produce points consistently given that you know, this Blackhawks offense is so depleted at at this point, as I mentioned, six goals in their last five games, right? They're really struggling. Uh, That's what happens when your third line of Jujar, Kara, Boris, Kachuk, and Joey Anderson stop scoring every game. Uh, The offense in the well goes dry. But the reason I bring this up is because while Lucas Reichel is, you know, doing everything in his power to help this Blackhawks offense out, he's out there with Andreas Athanasiu, who I've mentioned many times, I do think he's been playing better hockey over the last couple of months and has stepped up after the Blackhawks traded away a lot of their big guns. Still not a top-line player, obviously. I think that goes without saying, right, at least on a good NHL team. And then on the top line with them last night was Mackenzie Entwistle. And this segment isn't meant to be a knock on Mackenzie Entwistle whatsoever, but I think we all know he's just not a top-line player. And I get I get Luke Richardson is restricted with what he can do, but I just think as long as Lucas Reichel is up here in the NHL, right? Why not give him as much help as possible? Why not move Taylor Radish from the second line up to the top line? He's the best goal scorer on this team, a first-time 20-goal scorer that's having a heck of a year. Put him up there with old number 27, right? I think it only makes sense, and it's not like – Uh, That second line has been lighting it up. Radish hasn't scored in the last six games. Yes, Tyler Johnson. Dude just can't buy a goal right now. I feel really bad for Tyler. He had 
three or four grade A opportunities to break his goal drought just didn't happen. Um, you can move Tyler Johnson up to the top line, I think, with Lucas Reichel, right? It just, I, I get Entwistle was probably there as a filler, and Anders Bjork just returned to the lineup. They probably, I think, wanted to ease him into things and put him on the fourth line. But there are a number of guys that can be up there on the top line with Lucas that are better uh, spots than Mackenzie Entwistle, or, or better people to be in that spot than Mackenzie Entwistle. Throw up Taylor Radish and move Anders Bjork to the second line, or you can even drop and whistle down to the second line. You can leave the third line alone. You can leave the 14, 15, 16 line be and let it be and just let them continue to do what they're doing. You don't have to change that. But I'm just saying there there are other options that I think Luke Richardson should be going to here in these final nine games or however long Lucas Reichel remains up in the NHL to kind of help him out because he's been really spectacular, I think, the past three or four games for the Blackhawks. And uh, they just don't really have enough to show for that. And I get it. They're limited, but there are some players that you can move around. I think Taylor Radish would make a lot of sense up there with Athanasiu and Lucas Reichel. And then on the defensive side of things, would Jared Tenorti possibly, you know, at least out for the next few games, possibly the remainder of the season? It feels like now would be a good time to give defenseman Wyatt Kaiser an opportunity, maybe on the second pairing with Connor Murphy. And I understand that it hasn't been necessarily the best start to his NHL career for Wyatt Kaiser, right? He's been a little bit shaky and caught in between, just maybe not so confident, which is, you know, understandable when you're kind of just thrown into the mix and haven't been around for too long. You don't have chemistry with a lot of these guys, right? I understand it completely, um, but I do think it's worth throwing Wyatt Kaiser in there with Connor Murphy just to see what he's got, right? I don't think you know, even if he does struggle, it's not going to be the end of the world. He's already signed his ELC. He's made the jump. He's more than likely going to be with the Rockford Icehogs for the greater part, if not all of next season. I just don't think one game is going to do him some harm. And I kind of had these same uh, thoughts with Alex Vlasic towards the end of last season, right? And once Luke Richardson, not Luke Richardson, excuse me, once Derek King got him in there and started giving him more and more ice time, he started getting more and more confident and started playing better and better. So maybe we can see something similar here with Wyatt Kaiser at the end of the year. I just think it's certainly worth a shot, right? Jared Tenorti's out of the lineup now, only nine games left in the season. Might as well see what Wyatt Kaiser's got at this point. Um, I just think it's worth taking a shot. The harm, or I think the the positives outweigh the negatives in this situation. So we'll see if Luke Richardson ends up making these decisions over the last nine games. Uh, just some couple of tweaks that I think would help the Blackhawks out or are worth uh, taking a gander at. I also wanted to be sure to mention, folks, that we finally got a positive update on Blackhawks captain Jonathan Taves, which is actually really awesome to hear and put a huge smile on my face when I first saw the reports, because as I've talked about numerous times on the show, things weren't exactly sounding too good for the Blackhawks captain. He was away from the ice for nearly two months, only able to do some workouts in the gym. Uh, but over the weekend, coach Luke Richardson just yesterday actually talked with the media and confirmed that Jonathan Taves was on the ice both Saturday and Sunday morning. And the hope now is that he can progress into joining the team sometime soon. Taves, I just mentioned, hasn't been on the ice in two months prior to the NHL All-Star break. That was January 28th. Uh, dealing with post-COVID syndrome, chronic immune response syndrome, 
And I'm sure it's been really frustrating for Taves, considering this is what kept him away from the Blackhawks and from the ice for the entire 2021 season. Uh, For him to, you know, battle from there just to get back to the situation, only to kind of have another setback, I'm sure it's been extremely frustrating. And I always talk about the competitor that Jonathan Taves is. He wants to be out there and wants to be kind of proving the doubters wrong. I'm sure this is driving him nuts that his body hasn't been cooperating, but to hear that he's been finally able to string together some positive days, it's been a a great sign. And obviously, you know, hopefully the next step is Taves can join the Blackhawks for practice and, hey, maybe we can see him out on the ice wearing a Blackhawks sweater one or two, a couple more times uh, before whatever is going to happen this summer. Obviously, he's an unrestricted free agent. There's been the reports of retirement that had everyone kind of thinking maybe Taves isn't even going to come back this season. That's kind of what I said. And excuse me, I've always said, you know, I've sided with the competitor and Jonathan Taves that he's going to do everything in his power to come back. But those reports that came out from John Dietz that Taves is seriously contemplating retiring, that was the first time where it really kind of sunk into me like, oh, maybe this is the end for Jonathan Taves. So to hear this is absolutely awesome. Whatever happens in the future, let it happen. I'm just grateful to hear that Jonathan Taves is headed in the right direction. I just you know, I know it's been probably driving him crazy and he wants to be out there. Hopefully I'm keeping my fingers crossed. How cool would it be if, you know, we get to have Jonathan Taves play at the UC in the Blackhawks sweater. I don't know how many more times we're going to see it. If we're even going to see it at all, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but just so awesome to hear this for Jonathan Taves. I, I, I said, it really did put a smile on my face. Hopefully He can continue to string together these good days. It's a day-by-day process. That's I know it sounds cliche, but that's really how it goes. It's just kind of how Jonathan Taves is going to wake up and feel that day. So I hope that he's able to uh, continue to progress in the right direction and hopefully can rejoin this Blackhawks team sometime soon. All right, there are my thoughts on Jonathan Taves returning to the ice in the last few days. Coming up in just a moment, I still have to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment. But first, real quick, I do want to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories? Well, then you gotta try Built Bar. And I know some of you out there are saying, well, what makes Built Bar taste so good? First off, they're covered in 100% real chocolate and have unbelievable flavors such as cinnamon churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and plenty others. Plus, they only have 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein in every single bar. And right now, you can go down to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and get you a four-pack of Bilt Bars. You used to have to wait for these things to be delivered and have to order online, but nah, now you can go on down to Walmart or Sam's Club and grab you uh, a four-pack of double chocolate or cookies and cream. Try the coconut puffs. I promise you'll be thanking me later. Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. All right, before I wrap up the show today, folks, still got to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of you lucky listeners right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. By the way, I didn't get any questions asked to me on Twitter this week, which Made me a little sad. I'm not going to lie, folks. Help me out. Answer, answer, or ask me some questions so I can answer them on the show. If you're following me on Twitter, 
Check out at Jack Bushman too if you're not, or at Talking Hockey. If you got a Blackhawks question, you want me to answer it, shoot it there. Or you can email lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com. That's all one word. Slide into any of my DMs. Make sure to follow the channel on Instagram at Lockdown Blackhawks and hit me up with your questions. I really do enjoy this segment, but haven't been getting a lot of questions here as of late. So please reach out. I would greatly appreciate it. The first question I wanted to answer this week comes from James Gelter, who asked, which defenseman prospect do you think will be the best outside of Kevin Korchinski? A really interesting question, because I think there are a lot of guys pretty neck and neck in this situation. We've obviously seen some really solid progression out of Isaac Phillips, and I think he undoubtedly could be an NHLer at this point if Rockford wasn't heading towards a playoff push. And if the Blackhawks also weren't really trying to uh, lose games actively, Isaac Phillips, right, would probably be an NHLer. I think Alex Vlasic is another intriguing one to add to that mix. Wyatt Kaiser is someone that, you know, numerous of us Blackhawks fans have been intrigued by for the last couple of years. Don't forget about Ethan Del Mastro, who's really risen through the ranks. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of good defensemen in the Blackhawks organization right now. If I had to guess, man, for some reason, something tells me that Ethan Del Mastro is going to be an absolute dog. He's uh, wrapping up his junior season. He got traded to the Sarnia Sting, was the captain of the Mississauga Steelheads, of course, wrapping up his season there. But I think the expectation is that he's going to be signing his entry-level contract. I just, I don't really know what more he has to prove at that level. And I do believe that he can play in Rockford next year. I believe he's in that same age group as Nolan Allen, another defenseman to throw into this mix. Um, I do believe he's like part of that age group. Same with Colton Dock, where they now can play in the AHL. I believe last year, if they had uh, wanted to play professionally, it would have only had to be at the NHL level. But now, I do believe they're able to be there. So, yeah, it, it's really intriguing. I think Ethan Del Mastro is, is the one for some reason that just keeps popping up to me. But uh, I do really like Isaac Phillips, too. He's shown a lot. Alex Vlasic, that's a tough question for me to answer because I just keep listing off names, and I really do like all these guys. Hmm. I'm going to stick with my gut. I'm going to go with Ethan Del Mastro. For some reason, it just feels like he's going to be a solid shutdown defenseman, does all of those little things right, is a big kid, can be physical, has gotten a lot of good experience, played a huge role for Team Canada at the World Juniors, won back-to-back gold medals, has been a leader in locker rooms at a young age, former guest here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, so maybe I have a little bias there. I'm going to go with Ethan Del Mastro, but I do think – Alex Vlasic and Isaac Phillips are the two guys who are neck and neck right there in that same boat. Next question I wanted to answer comes from Ashton N., who emailed in the podcast this week and asked, are the Blackhawks going to be in the same situation again next year, bottom of the league, trying to lose late in the season? I'm okay with that. Just curious as to when this is going to stop, LOL. I think a lot of that is going to be answered in the offseason. I think it really does come down to the 2023 NHL draft. Cause look, if the Blackhawks do end up getting Connor Bedard makes them a little bit more intriguing come the off season. Right. And they're going to have obviously a lot of money to spend. Even if they get an Adam Fantilli or even a Mike Hoff, I, I do think the process can be expedited a little bit. Now, 
I don't know if bringing in, you know, any one of those kids as a 19-year-old is necessarily going to bring, bring the Blackhawk over the hump, but it is going to be interesting to see what they do in free agency once that does happen because, you know, they have the financial flexibility where they can take on bad contracts to get more draft picks or prospects if they want to. They already have accumulated a ton of high, high-end high draft picks, you know, a uh, uh, picking at least two times in the next three first rounds, so many second and third round picks. I forget the number off the top of my head. So I I don't think the Blackhawks are necessarily going to be playoff contenders next year at best. Uh, I do think they'll probably still be in that bottom third, but I don't think they're going to be at the bottom of the standings. But at the same time, who knows? It's going to come down to what happens in the draft and how Kyle Davidson really wants to start piecing these things together now that they do have a lot of draft picks stocked up. So I, I think this is going to be a very intriguing offseason for the Blackhawks. The NHL draft lottery, the NHL draft itself is going to be very interesting. I don't think it's going to be this bad again next year. Don't quote me on that, though. Um, but I do think there's going to be potential, and I do think the Blackhawks want to start trending in the right direction, start opening that window once again. We'll see, though. Um, it's going to be a very interesting summer, nonetheless. Nonetheless, though, definitely Keep an eye out for it. All right. I think that is going to wrap up Monday, March 27th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks for free wherever you get your podcast and go and subscribe to the YouTube channel and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. Once again, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman 2 or you can go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.